Good morning, and welcome to Midpoint Wednesday. I'm Shelley Reback, your host for WMNF's Mid-Florida, Mid-Week, Mid-Morning dose of news and public affairs with a local perspective. You are listening to WMNF 88.5 FM, Tampa Bay's only independent, commercial-free FM radio, brought to you by you because we are supported by generous listeners just like you. Today is November 23rd. It is one day before Thanksgiving. And as we do every year at Thanksgiving time, we focus our show on issues related to food insecurity, and we look for the helpers in our community. So this year, we are honored to host my guests from Meals on Wheels Tampa. But before we get to that, and before I welcome my guests, I want to take a moment to acknowledge and extend my sympathy to the victims of the domestic terrorist shooting at the Club Q nightclub in Colorado Springs. And again, last night, there was another shooting at a Walmart in Maryland. But as to the shooting at the Club Q in Colorado Springs, as you've probably heard, Club Q is a gay dance club, and on the night of the shooting, there was a drag show there. While the sheriff in Colorado Springs has not yet classified the shooting as a hate crime, we all know that the target was not picked at random. The shooter is reportedly the grandson of a well-known MAGA Republican and former California State Assemblyman Randy Vopel, who supported the January 6th insurrection, and he compared it to the Revolutionary War. So why is there any surprise at this? If you have been calling librarians and teachers groomers, if you've been vilifying trans kids and trans adults, if you strip them of their equal rights, if you're criminalizing drag shows, if you want kids not to even know that gay people exist and you forbid them from even saying gay, well then, Colorado Springs-type shooters are the result. All right. That's enough commentary for today. We are here to welcome my wonderful guests from Meals on Wheels. We have with us Cindy Van, who is the Missions Engagement Director. It's Hi, so nice to be here. Thank you. Erica Lee, who is Communications and Marketing and a volunteer herself. Thank you for having us this morning. Uh, happy to have you. And we have my friend and super volunteer, Rebecca Fiore, who I happen to know has assembled donations of almost 300 fleece blankets as extra little gifts that Meals on Wheels Tampa clients will receive added to their holiday baskets. Welcome. Hey, Shelley. It's great to be here. So I'm happy to have you all. And uh, we are here with uh, my guests from Meals on Wheels Tampa to talk about their mission, helping homebound hungry seniors and we can talk about anything else really on your mind, which you can raise by calling 813-239-9663, emailing dj at wmnf.org, or texting 813-433-0885. So uh, since the COVID pandemic, apparently more than 1 million people in the Tampa Bay region are food insecure. In fact, during COVID, apparently in 2020, food insecurity rose by more than 40%. Uh, 
the Hillsborough County Board of County Commissioners approved up to $5 million in from the Biden administration's American Rescue Plan for a feeding Tampa Bay project that was designed to increase resources for those experiencing food or economic challenges that were caused by 2019. And the Board of County Commissioners, uh, which is no longer the same board as of yesterday, in fact, uh, we have a new Board of County Commissioners, but the former board unanimously approved the funding as part of Hillsborough County's American Rescue Plan Investment Plan. And that money will go toward Feeding Tampa Bay's proposed 215,000 square foot food bank and community outreach center, which will be built in Hillsborough County and serve residents throughout 10 West Florida counties. But Meals on Wheels mission addresses food insecurity in the senior and homebound population. And it does it a little differently because it is completely privately funded. Isn't that right, Cindy? That is correct, Shelley. We are completely privately funded and we're also volunteer based. So, um, you, and you have a very, uh, focused mission on the elderly and homebound, um, people. It's not like people can come to Meals on Wheels from any part of the community, right? No, um, we serve those who are homebound due to um, elderly and homebound due to age, illness, or injury. We do get a lot of calls for, some people think of us as a food bank, but we're not a food bank. We deliver a hot meal to people's homes as a meal delivery service to help people manage more in their homes so they can stay in place longer instead of going into hospitals or assisted living facilities if they don't need to. We help people remain in place. Yeah, and as I understand it, for many of your clients, their daily visit from a Meals on Wheels volunteer is maybe the only human contact they have that that day or four days. So tell me about that. You know, the isolation of our homebound and disabled neighbors is really profound. And I think we all kind of went through a little bit of that when we went through COVID. We recognized how hard it is to be all alone. So for the homebound and the disabled and the elderly that we serve, that volunteer who knocks on the door, who offers just a few words of encouragement can really, really interrupt that isolation. And they also serve as a safety check if someone has fallen or is disordered oriented, they can call, the volunteer can call the office and we can connect with an emergency contact person for that recipient and offer just um, quick help if they need it um, or certainly just an intervention in order to keep them safer longer in their homes. What I find when I work in the office and I answer the phones a lot and what I find when answering the phones is that, you know, we have a lot of transplants here, snowbirds who have moved down to Florida and their grown kids or, you know, their family members are still elsewhere in the country. So a lot of our, the recipients that we serve are the only people here and you know, sometimes we are the only communication they have that day because they don't have family members close by. They don't necessarily know their neighbors. Um, yeah. 
So how did Meals on Wheels start? How did how did it I mean it's a unique kind of service with the daily deliveries of food. How did how did it start? You know, Shelley, it started 47 years ago as a lot of nonprofits in the area with a woman who had an issue in her own family. She had family members who were living in different parts of Tampa and they needed food. And she figured if she had that issue, others did too. So Gloria Fuentes started us out of a church here in Seminole Heights. And from that small seed, I understand they started with 12 volunteers and 12 recipients. We have now grown to serving almost 1,100 people a day. Wow. We have um, about 600 active volunteers and we're growing. Wow. So uh, who are the, you know, without using names, but I mean, who are the clients? Like who are, who is eligible to receive meals from Meals on Wheels? Are there income qualifications? Do you have to be like handicapped or malnourished or referred by a doctor or, um, you know, who, who, who are the clients? You know, we serve anyone who is 62 and older because they are a senior. But one of the special things about Meals on Wheels is that we also can serve people who are younger than that, who are challenged to get out of their home either to purchase groceries or to prepare a meal. So oftentimes those are disabled people. Sometimes they're people who are just recovering from an illness or a hospital stay. There are many reasons. I think our youngest recipient is in their 20s, and we do serve people who are over 100. Again, amazing that wow. they're living in their own homes independently. Right. Well, uh, do they have to be referred? How do people get referred to you to become a client? Do they like have to be referred by a social service agency or a doctor? Or we do have some folks who are referred to by social workers or um, home health nurses. We also, I've referred people to join our program. Some of our recipients, um, their neighbor receives meals, so then they will call us and say, hey, my neighbor receives meals. Can I receive meals too? And go through the process. So we honestly get referrals from everywhere. And the other thing about Meals on Wheels is you don't have to be on the program forever to piggyback off what Cindy was saying just a moment ago. You can sign up to receive meals while you're in recovery for two or three months and then get off the program. So you can also use it you know, as it fits your needs in the moment to, to help you. Oh, yeah. So if somebody was like coming out of a rehab program, you know, because they broke their hip or something and they're going to be homebound and they need, uh, you know, they need some help for a temporary period, they can, you know, ask for help from Meals on Wheels. They would qualify. They would qualify. And then and then, you know, when they're better and they can be more mobile and get out of their house, maybe get to the grocery store or stand at a stove, they can, um, you know get off the program and let that volunteer deliver to somebody else. Okay, so um, where do the volunteers come from? Um, where, how, you know, like Becca, how did you come to Meals on Wheels? You know, I don't remember how I originally got involved with Meals on Wheels. I grew up right down the street, so maybe seeing it all the time. Um, and I am a volunteer, you know, just you know, I like to get involved. So I started helping. <laughs> You're um, a super volunteer. 
Yeah, I started helping years ago in delivering meals and really enjoyed the impact and just knowing that when I go to visit these people and have conversations with them, it really makes such a difference in their day. They will hug you, they will cry, they will talk to you about what's going on, the weather, their plants. They will ask you to open some jar that they've been trying to open all week and they just can't get it open. And you're just kind of, you know, spending a few minutes of your day like impacting someone's life. I have an email here from Karen in Dunedin who says, when my kids were little, we delivered Meals on Wheels. It was a great experience for my children and for the people we brought meals to. It's a great service to the community. That's a comment from Karen in Dunedin. Thanks, Karen, for sharing your experience with us. Um, and, uh, and so I wanted, to, uh, I wanted to ask about that. Like, is this something that parents can do with their kids? Because I know that, you know, there's a lot, especially during vacation times when the kids are home from school, you know, um, parents are looking for things to do with their kids. And, uh, you know, if their kids are well behaved or, or you know, um, they're not, you know, little monsters, maybe it's something that uh, parents could do with their kids. Is that acceptable? I can't can't say that they're not monsters, but my children have been doing Meals on Wheels with me for a really long time. Um, And especially on Thanksgiving morning, that's one of our traditions we've done together and gone and delivered and they really enjoy it. And I think that the recipients love seeing kids. They They do. They really appreciate it. Yeah, they they do. do. You say that too, Erica? We get calls and and I deliver meals. I work in the office and I have... um, one of our volunteers, she homeschools her kids, and she always brings her kids with her as well. But when I get phone calls from recipients to put their meal on hold or for whatever reason they're calling the office, sometimes they'll say, you know, and they saw the young people today, the intergenerational uh, connectivity that we offer, I think our recipients really appreciate that. Okay, so parents, um, if you're looking for an activity to do with your kids during holiday time, um, maybe Meals on Wheels is the way to go. Um, what, you know, how much of a commitment is it for volunteers uh, to make? Like, yeah, how, you know, how they, they call you up and say, well, I have some free time today. Can I deliver meals or how does that work? That is such a great question, Shelley. We do ask for each volunteer before they start to fill out a very quick application online. And then we have um, an orientation that we ask everyone to go through. They're both in-person and virtual. And it doesn't take long, but it just gives you the basics of volunteering. But from there, then we want to have the schedule match the volunteer's availability. So you can deliver as often or as infrequently as works for you. Some people... Becca, I don't know about you, but some people do weekly, Mm. other people every other week, once a month, or we always have open routes that need to be covered. Mm -hmm. So at the beginning of the week, that list goes out. And if you have an availability and it's in an area that you'd like to deliver, you just call the office and we can plug you in. So it's, it's very flexible. Okay, well, that's good to know. Yeah. And we try to make volunteering easy for you. So we have our office on Hillsborough Avenue, but we also have 18, I think, centralized pickup locations. So if you are working or living in South Tampa or Wesley Chapel, then we have a pickup location there. So you can go to that pickup location and pick up and then deliver to those in your community or in your neighborhood where you work. So you don't have to come to our office. 
we can bring the meal to you, so then you can bring it to our recipients. Oh, that's so good. So that's really good to know. So if you're in South Tampa, you don't have to be assigned a route in like Wesley Chapel or something like that. No, we'll match you to wherever you live or work. So it's more convenient for you to to volunteer and help us out. Yeah. Okay. And, well, and that's Shelly, each round takes about an hour. It might take some of us a little longer because we like to chat with everyone. Uh-huh. But um, if you can carve out an hour or 90 minutes out of your day, you will be making a huge impact. Wow. Okay. And and I'll just say I'm on the list of volunteers who get the email every week with routes that need to be covered. And it's super easy to go onto the website, see where that route is, see where it's going to pick up, and you can just go grab one. But if you want to be a repeat volunteer, highly recommend adopting a route and doing the same one every week because you get to know the recipients a little bit better. Uh-huh. And and so do you does the organization do like at least a minimal vetting of the volunteers? Um that's you know, because strangers yes. going into people's homes. Yes. Um, Shelly, we do a background check on all of our volunteers and all of our recipients, just so everyone is safe. Okay, so that that would seem to me to be something that people might want to want to know. Um, so you know, all it's interesting to me that all of you. Well, Becca does is not employed by the organization, but Erica and Cindy are, and uh, you know, we're talking to our our crew from Meals on Wheels Tampa here. And what's interesting to me is that you not only work for the organization, but you also volunteer for the organization. You have your own roots and you you pick up roots and you are making deliveries as well as answering the phones and managing the administration of the organization. So it seems like it must be meaningful to you. You know, Shelly, I started when we first moved to Tampa a long time ago, about 30 years ago, and we had three small children, and my last living grandparent was in the last chapter of her life in California, and I so regretted not being a part of her care. And as it happened, one of our children was going to a preschool that was one of the pickup sites where um, the Meals on Wheels volunteers gather in order to leave to deliver their meals. And I, I bumped into someone I knew. And they said, we're, why, what are you doing? And I said, I don't know about Meals on Wheels. And they were surprised. <laughs> um, I jumped in their car. They invited me to go with them. And I remember pulling up to the first house and them asking me if I wanted to take in the meal to this lady. And I welcomed the opportunity. It was a hot day. I remember I was in shorts and a t-shirt and they gave me the meal and I walked up to this little lady's house and knocked on her door. And she came out and she had a hat on because she was cold. It was about a million degrees out. (laughs) And she looked at me with bright, bright eyes and a head full of hair that was sticking out from underneath her hat. And she said, did you bring me my lunch? As if I had been at home making it. (laughs) Yes, ma'am, I did. She said, are you my new volunteer? And I said, oh, I am. I am. There is something about handing somebody a meal who needs it. And we as volunteers don't have to cook it, which is not my greatest part of my day is cooking. So to be able to hand somebody a meal who's waiting for it and to just offer a few words of encouragement has really, really made a difference in my life. Oh, wow. That's a really, that's a really great story. And, uh, um, it, it you know it is really meaningful I think to have an indi- individual personal connection with people that you help I mean it's it's one thing to make a donation 
to any sort of charity or to, uh, you know, especially these days online, it's very impersonal. You know, you put your credit card in, okay, I made a donation or somebody's birthday shows up on Facebook and they say, I'm supporting this organization. Okay, here's another 25 bucks or, or whatever. But it's, but there, you really don't feel very connected to the help that your, your, your funding is maybe giving. And Meals on Wheels is unique, I think, in the way that it allows you to actually be connected to the people that you are helping. We say that we deliver more than a meal, and it's really true because um, we do the safety check every time we deliver to someone's house. We, some, you know, as we said earlier, sometimes we are the only person they will see or interact with that day. So it provides a safety check to make sure that they're okay. And but we also deliver birthday cards. We have a lot of junior volunteers, a lot of school groups, elementary and middle school groups who make birthday cards and Fourth of July cards and Thanksgiving cards and Halloween cards and Happy New Year cards and all kinds of cards or just thinking of you. And we deliver those to our recipients periodically, always on their birthday. And we have a little birthday cake that we have from our office that we deliver to them, um, which and I get so many phone calls from recipients <laughs> who are, oh, thank you so much for the birthday cake. And then when I've delivered birthday cakes, you know, and I'll tell them happy birthday when I deliver. And they're like, how did you know? And then I'll give it to them and they get so excited. <laughs> so it really is so much more than just a meal. I love when I get a birthday on my route. I love it. It's so much fun. Yeah. So uh, do you sing, Becca? <laughs> do you sing the birthday song? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't yet, but maybe I will. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, we are here talking to the crew from Meals on Wheels Tampa and uh, about their mission, helping homebound hungry seniors. And uh, anything else on your mind, which you can raise by giving us a call at 813-239-9663. You can email us at dj at wmnf.org or you can text us at 813 Five. So if you have any questions about Meals on Wheels or you want to offer your own experience as a volunteer or a recipient, give us a call and let us hear from you. I have a call here from, or I have an email here from, uh, from Cindy um, who wants to know what areas of Pasco County are covered. So I guess we should be clear about um, your, your uh, you know, the jurisdiction of your services and and how people can find Meals on Wheels in other places that your particular organization doesn't serve. Thank you, Cindy, for that email question. So there are over 5,000 Meals on Wheels agencies across the country, and each one operates independently. So Meals on Wheels of Tampa, where we are representing, serves from Lutz down to McDill, the county line on the west of Pinellas out to I-75, and as far south as Riverview and Gibsonton. In Pasco, there is another Meals on Wheels that serves that. And um, actually, there are Meals on Wheels all around that the listeners are listening to this program that, um, that serve the homebound and senior community. So to find the Meals on Wheels in your area, of course, you're always welcome to call our office at 813-238-8410 or go on the website and we can help you find the Meals on Wheels. Or there is a national organization, Meals on Wheels America, which is sort of our advocacy umbrella organization. And if you go on their website, you can type in your zip code and they will hook you up with the Meals on Wheels agencies that are serving your area. 
Okay, I've got some calls here. Let me take a call from uh, Nikki in Largo. Nikki, you're on the air. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I'm a Meals on Wheels volunteer in Pinellas County, and I have to say it's one of the most rewarding things that a volunteer can do. Um, A lot of times our clients, we're the only people they see all day, and uh, they are so happy to see someone who has a meal for them. Um, And uh, I'm also a music volunteer for Meals on Wheels. Um, with a group that plays in three different um, lunch, um, like daycare centers. And um, we play um, once a month in these three facilities for the clients, and they really appreciate it. They they just shower us with gratitude. Well, that's wonderful, Nikki. Thank you for sharing your experience with us. So, okay, so Pinellas County people... uh, if you are in the Pinellas County area and you have some time, uh, maybe volunteer with Meals on Wheels over in Pinellas like Nikki. Yes, we need volunteers, please. All right. Thank you so much for calling, Nikki. Appreciate that, and thank you for your volunteering. You're welcome, and thank you. And I have uh, Karen from Dunedin. Karen, you're on the line. Hey there. Hi. Uh- yeah, I emailed about my kids and I doing it, and they were homeschooled. And they actually would, you know, treat these people like they were their grandparents. We do it every week. They got to know them. Um, it was hard. Occasionally, one would pass. You know, it's hard for the kids, but they made them cards. They always wanted to make, you know, posters and pictures for them. Um, and, yeah, we learned a lot, too, about them. We... We met a guy who built the first uh, pram boat, you know, sailboat, the little one. And and they're just, there's so much richness. And I don't think young people see them for the people they are. They see them as, you know, an old person. Yeah, you know, there isn't a lot of intergenerational, you know, uh, communication or uh, like there was, you know, so many years ago when when people lived near their grandparents and and uh, or maybe with their grandparents and their kids had the opportunity to know them. And I think like Erica mentioned, there are so many people, older people in Florida who retire here, who's the rest of their family is still up north or in the Midwest or somewhere else. And, uh, you know, their grandkids are not around to hear their stories and learn from them. And, and uh, you know, that's kind of a very sad thing, but it's the way uh, that, you know, America has developed uh, different population uh, movements. And so uh, having these surrogate grandkids, I think, is probably really rewarding for the clients. Well, I think my kids probably benefited just as much as they did. You know, good point. So, but thank you. Well, thank you. Thanks for volunteering too. Do you still do it? No, I have to work full time now. Ah, yeah. Yeah, Okay. They're 30 and 27 at this point. Oh, okay. Well, still, thank you for sharing your experience. Appreciate it. Um, Well, uh, it's interesting that, um, you know, a lot of kids who don't have grandparents locally, you know, probably get like, Karen said, you know, benefit from the opportunity to talk to older people and hear their stories. And so I guess if a route normally takes an hour, I guess it's certainly um, 
possible that it could take significantly longer. It depends on the, you know, the time of the volunteer, you know, the time that the volunteer and their family has available. One of the things, Shelly, is we, um, with each volunteer, they'll receive um, a route that has been mapped out to be the most um, efficient way for them to deliver. But we as volunteers, I'm wondering if each one of you have done this, sometimes you'll go out of order to save your favorite person to last <laughs> so you can um, Becca's hang, got her hand up. <laughs> hang and talk with that person longer without holding it up. They're just... There's usually one or two people on every route that you just connect with. And I've noticed that different volunteers connect with different recipients, but they become very special to us. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I'm wondering, though, uh, too, that um, the meals that you serve are generally delivered around lunchtime. Is that it? So that this is probably like the best time of day to catch these people, too. Um, Yes. What do you think? One would think, but a lot of our recipients have doctor's appointments or they go out a lot during, or some of them schedule. We have a delivery window from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. because we deliver to so many recipients. And as Cindy was saying, from Lutz to McDill and um, 75, and, you know, we have a, a wide delivery area. So we have a delivery window from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Generally, the meal is delivered around the same time every day. So recipients schedule their doctor's appointments and what whatever they're doing around their meal delivery mm-hmm. time. Because they have to be present to receive the meal, right? That's correct. Something yes. important for your yeah. volunteers they, that that the recipient, the client has to be at home and available to answer the door when they come, right? That's, that's part of our safety check as well, is making sure the meal gets in hand. Yeah, and you can't leave the food on a doorstep or something. No. No, so people need to actually be present. And, and, uh, and you, you know, you don't leave it in a cooler or... Some, sometimes they'll ask you to leave it with a neighbor, Okay, so if they call in advance and they alert you, your office, you can tell the volunteer that they've made arrangements to have a neighbor receive their meal. Yes, there's always something that can pop up last minute, so neighbors are always fine. Some recipients have a working, like a mini fridge on their front porch, oh. and we could leave the meal in the refrigerator, Oh, um, but we can't leave it unattended unattended right now uh, are a lot of these clients in their own home like a single family home or are they in a you know an apartment building or or you know what kind of what kind of places are you visiting all the above (laughs) yeah all the above yeah mobile home parks homes uh what are they called townhouses um apartment complexes and what's a typical meal like that, that the volunteers deliver? I'm a cook, so like I'm very interested in the food part of, of the meals, or the meal part sure. of, of the program. So what's, what's a meal going to look like? It comes with a protein, a vegetable, and a starch. A protein, a vegetable, and a starch. And are these hot meals? Or are they? Yes. Um, my favorite thing about our Meals on Wheels is that we have our own kitchen, and we have a kitchen that I would say rivals some restaurant kitchens and hotel kitchens. We cook over a thousand meals every day, almost two thousand Who, meals. Who's we, Erica? Do you have like a who's we have cooking? A sh- we have a chef. We have a whole kitchen team we have a hotline and a cold line 
for anyone who's familiar with restaurant <laughs> the lingo. The brigade, right? The whole kitchen brigade, huh? Yeah. And our chefs come in at 6 a.m., 5 a.m. and start cooking a thousand plus meals every morning. So it gets, and then we have a, a you know, a sealer. It comes, it sort of looks like a, like you would get a frozen TV uh-huh. meal with, you know, the plastic and the pockets and it's sealed. Um, so we deliver that to our recipients and then it comes with a small, bo- the meal also comes with a small bottle of water and a, a fruit cup or cold side chicken salad, tuna salad. It comes with an additional side in addition to the vegetable and the starch that's in the tray, the food tray. And what about dessert? <laughs> Only on your birthday. <laughs> Only on your birthday. Okay, and what types of food are they getting? Like what's, what, what could a hot meal be? Uh, we have a vegetable lasagna. I think today it's a chili, a white bean chili. Um, we have pot roast. The chicken pot pie is my favorite recently. We have a chicken cajatori. We have uh, yeah. lots of chicken, lots what? of chicken. But yeah. one of the things we're very excited about in the last seven, eight months now, we have three distinct menus that we can offer. So we have a heart healthy meal, which is pretty oh. much our regular meal. And it meets all the requirements for senior nutrition. It And it really is... I. I eat there every day. I'm like the girl in the cafeteria. It's Uh delicious. It's hot. It's healthy. Um, Lots of good vegetables that go with it. We also offer a diabetic menu, which is probably important important for your population. Absolutely. And a renal menu. So again, we're really trying to meet the needs of our senior and disabled and homebound um, community. And it's been a game changer. We're in a new facility, as Erica mentioned, on Hillsborough um, Avenue. And now the, that new facility, that was all privately funded, wasn't it? It was. And and so um, I imagine that Meals on Wheels is not just, you know, an organization that does the services, but you actually have to fundraise to support yourself, right? We do. We do. Our budget is a little bit under $5 million, and um, we do have to fundraise quite a bit in order to st- sustain our mission. Uh-huh. One of the things we haven't really talked about is the intake process when someone is interested in getting on our program, and it's all done over the telephone. And at that time, once we establish what their situation is and if they live within our boundaries, we do talk to them about a contribution towards the meal. Full cost of the meal is $5.50. However, no one is ever turned away due to an inability to afford the cost. Currently, about 30% of the 1,100 people that we serve are paying full price, and the remaining 70% are paying on a sliding scale, depending on their financial situation. You know, we know that... um, Food is so important in order to stay healthy, and we as a community have come together through Meals on Wheels to be able to help people to live independently with dignity and safety for as long as possible. And without food and without healthy food and the commitment that it's coming every day, that's so difficult. So we think that our mission is going to be very important as us baby boomers continue to age. And many, many people just don't have a lot of options when it comes to, to getting the food delivered to their home after they're at a point where they cannot drive. Right. And we don't have any good public transportation in this area, in Hillsborough County. We don't have, uh, you know, a way for people to get around when they can't drive anymore without great expense, like Uber or taxis. Right. 
Um, Meals on Wheels America did a study about the cost comparison for the cost of a meal versus like one day in a hospital or one month in an in an assisted living facility and economically it saves more money to contribute to programs like ours that help people stay in place versus hospital bills which can add up very quickly oh, yeah. and you know the cost of an assisted living facility which can also be expensive um, so, so uh, unlike feeding Tampa Bay, did you get any uh, of this uh, American Rescue Plan funding um, your, for Meals on Wheels? We did not. Mm-hmm. We did not. Um, so, how do you I raise? How do you raise money in the community other than you know charging the clients maybe up to five dollars and fifty cents or less for their meals? Um, how do you raise? funds for your to support the organization our community has been so tremendously tremendously generous towards us um we do uh mail direct mail appeals four times a year we also have one large public um fundraising event in the spring each year where we share the meals on wheels story and we ask people to invest with us and that has been very important we do grants of course and um we've had corporate donors who have stepped up in just very, very generous ways in order to support us. Again, believing, like we do, that helping people to live longer in their own homes is the right thing to do for our community. It's the right thing to do from our heart. And also, just as Erica mentioned, it also, in the end, saves so much money to keep people healthier and living in their own homes for as long as possible. So you mentioned corporate donors. I I know that Feeding Tampa Bay does a lot of, like, team building exercises with different organizations who like sign up to pack boxes or or things like that um does meals on wheels have a similar kind of outreach program to uh corporations and businesses we we do we call it our days of service but we also have a program as well, a days of service, a carcer, where um, groups come together in order usually to deliver meals um, for a day. And it's, they come in teams and we give them routes and they go out and do it as a group. But we also have wonderful, wonderful support from a, a program that we call an adopt-a-route program where businesses or organizations or schools commit to delivering a meal on a specific Um, period of time, once a month, once a week, once every other. So members of that business or that team go out and deliver. And um, we hear wonderful stories of how it becomes just part of sort of the culture of that business and different team members go out together. And we love that program. I'll chime in on that one. Um, I implemented this at my last company as an adopt-a-route Um, Program and it was a great way for employees to go out together, deliver a route, get to know your coworkers a little bit. And it was like groups of two or three, a little bit of team building, and we allowed them to go every Wednesday and do the route. Um, They would just sign up internally, and the employees loved it. Oh, wow. So they would take like an hour out of their work day and go do these deliveries and together and... Yeah, exactly. it served the community, and it also served as a, like, corporate culture... Uh, kind of activity for the company, huh? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, they so won't. all of you with corporations out there who have employees, you might want to consider this uh, for your uh, your team-building type exercise, um, offering this opportunity to your employees and helping out a lot of people 
uh, along the way. So we are listening, you are listening to Midpoint Wednesday on WMNF Radio, and we are here with my guests from Meals on Wheels Tampa. We're talking about their mission, helping homebound hungry seniors, and anything else uh, on your mind, in the, particularly in the area of food insecurity, um, which you can raise by giving us a call at 813-239-9663. You can email us at dj at wmnf.org, or you can text us at 813-433-0885. I always think that Thanksgiving is a really important time to talk about food insecurity because the you know there's so much abundance of of food in some places on on the tables like at my house and and so little elsewhere so it seems like a good time to to really focus on communities that are not as secure with food we delivered the meals monday through friday however we also will deliver like our office is closed tomorrow for, for Thanksgiving. For Thanksgiving, but we did make a Thanksgiving meal and already deliver it. So we'll deliver holiday meals, and on Friday we would deliver two frozen meals for the weekend. So recipients have an option to have a meal seven days a week. Oh, I see. Even though our office is only open five days a week. So on holidays when we're closed, we do make a holiday meal and deliver it early ahead of time so that recipients can warm it up and still have a hot Thanksgiving meal on Thanksgiving and you know it's the turkey and cranberry and all the, the whole traditional night. Thanksgiving meal they yes. get for Thanksgiving now um, earlier somebody mentioned that um, that there that a lot of um, people volunteer just like on the Thanksgiving holiday itself families to deliver meals it, I, tomorrow's Thanksgiving it seems like it's a little too late for people to do that this year maybe next year but how does that work um, how, how does that how can somebody like you know decide to deliver meals like Becca said her family did on Thanksgiving morning so I would recommend signing up early because the routes kind of get taken for the holidays a lot of people like to you know participate on that time they're home um, so tomorrow morning, we will be delivering uh, a tree, a card that's probably made by some local children volunteers to each recipient. And sometimes they won't be home. Maybe their family has picked them up for the holiday and they're out of the home. But often you'll find they're home and they're alone. They're spending Thanksgiving kind of just enjoying them, you know, their own time. And they love having someone stop by. They cry they hug you they'll tell you they don't have any family they'll tell stories about their prior thanksgivings they'll ask what you're gonna do um it's, it's just such a wonderful day to go visit people who might be feeling really especially alone on that day yeah i imagine that's true of christmas too yeah right? yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i imagine that there's a lot of people who don't have family around who spend their holidays alone when they're elderly and um and, you know, they're just not reached by other community organizations. One of the extra things that we love is that in mid-December, we offer a bag full of treats for, for the holidays for each recipient. And it's full of donated items. Again, Rebecca has been so important over the years with helping us collect those. But it's usually um, small toiletries, books. Um, help me out. What other things? Puzzle Sweets. books, back Fleece scratchers. blankets. Fleece yeah. blankets. And then one large gift, which often has been something like a fleece 
blanket or um, a tray or something like that. And we hear stories over and over again of recipients receiving this bag and telling us it's the only holiday celebration they'll have. So this community coming together with donated items and then just being so lovingly delivered with with holiday cheer, it makes a huge difference for people to know they're not forgotten. Yeah, yeah. So if people did have a donation for your special holiday bags um how could they get it to you oh if they can call the office we would be more than happy to make arrangements or of course stop by our office which again is on hillsborough avenue just west of the river i we would welcome any help well give us the number for people to call what is the the number for the office our phone number is 813-238-8410 and that's Monday through Friday you're open. Now, somebody uh, has emailed me. Um, I guess they missed it when you said it earlier, but how many days a week do recipients get a meal? Are they uh, all, always getting a seven-day-a-week uh, program? or Recipients can choose uh, however many days works best for their schedule. We request a minimum of three days a week to be on our program. But we deliver Monday through Friday, so recipients have the option to receive a hot meal Monday through Friday, or if they just need Monday, Wednesday, Friday, because they have dialysis or physical therapy or whatever on Tuesday, Thursday, then they can receive meals those three days a week. And then on Friday, if recipients choose, they can have two frozen meals delivered that they can warm up on Saturday and Sunday. So they have a meal seven days a week but we only deliver Monday through Friday. Now, I have an email here from uh, Flora who has a a really good question. Um, She wants to know who qualifies to receive meals. Do you have to be a U.S. citizen or a permanent resident of Florida to qualify uh, to receive meals? Not with Meals on Wheels of Tampa. There is no citizenship required at all. Okay. Thanks for that question, Flora. That was a good one. so really anybody uh, who needs this kind of assistance could qualify. Yeah, we believe everyone should have access to a meal, a nutritious meal. So that's our mission is just okay. to feed people. Um, now, I kn- do you support the pets of homebound seniors too? I noticed that on your website, there's a, a little uh, information about that. Yes, we do. We have a wonderful partnership with the Tampa Bay Humane Society, and it's called Anna Meals, where um, what we were finding is recipients who had pets were often sharing their food with their pets because they couldn't get access to pet food. So when we hear that they have pets, one of the questions we asked is, um, do they need extra help with that? And if they say yes, then we gladly pass on their name and address to the Humane Society who has a program, and they deliver once a month, I understand, pet food. And this is so important for them to have food for that companion. It's just it, the companion pet is just so important. Yeah, I mean, really, that could be their only companion. <laughs> um, and what about emergencies? Like, what happens it when we have a hurricane? Tell me about that. We once a month we have a program called PAL Produce on Wheels, and it's usually the third Saturday of every month. However, in May or June, we deliver a hurricane pack instead of the produce bag, and it comes with uh, canned food, f- enough food for three day, five days, uh, shelf-stable meals for five days, um, and there's peanut butter and crackers and snacks in addition to canned goods as well as bottles of water 
and resources for shelters if anyone has to evacuate last minute. Um, so we give them information to have access to food when our office is closed, like it was earlier in September, I think it was. Our office was closed for a few days because of Hurricane Ian, um, but we had already delivered the hurricane packs and fortunately our recipients didn't need to go into it until September when we delivered it mm-hmm. in May earlier in the summer. Uh-huh. So Oh, so that's a terrific resource um for people and you I assume you explain to them that they should hold on to it. <laughs> and we hope that that is the case. Yeah. But we often hear people saying, oh, I love those cheese crackers. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it sounds like people need more snacks. <laughs> I wanted to, from a volunteer perspective, add on to that because as someone who works Monday through Friday, it's sometimes hard to get involved. Um, those Saturday routes are always available. So once a month, you can come out with your, with your kids, with your family by yourself and deliver a route on a Saturday and still see the same people. Okay, that's good to know too. And I have an email here from Suzanne. I guess she missed it earlier when we talked about the special meals um, that the organization offered. She wanted to know: Do they have plant? Do you have plant-based meals? Um, that's not something that we offer at this moment. We do have a few meals that don't have any meat in them. Like we have a vegetable lasagna, mm-hmm. but we don't have a designated. Vegetarian meal. Vegetarian menu. Yeah. And what about things like uh, with religious restrictions like pork? Like uh, a lot of people don't eat pork. We do have a no pork. We have an option where we offer no pork. A lot of our meals don't have pork, but we do have a few pork meals. And on those days, we substitute those, we substitute those few meals with chicken or different mm. protein. And, and earlier, you said for Suzanne's benefit that you have heart-healthy meals, you have renal health meals. And, and diabetic. And diabetic health meals. Okay, so um, now I guess, uh, like I said, tomorrow is Thanksgiving, so it's a little late to be gathering volunteers for Roots tomorrow, right? I mean, you have all that under control? I believe that they are all covered for tomorrow. Yeah. Okay, so maybe for Christmas, though, people can uh, get in touch and make arrangements to to make some holiday deliveries. Absolutely. We would love anyone who's interested to visit our website and to um, just fill out that quick application and then go to, a, a again, an easy orientation to sort of get the basics and just jump in from there. You know, every day we need 102 volunteers in order to deliver this mission. So it really takes all of us holding hands together to get this done. And any any extra help that people can offer, we would be so grateful for. Can, can I also add in as a parent of a high school student, each route is two hours of Bright Futures eligible volunteer hours. Oh, good, good information, right. Yeah, yeah so if you have a high schooler um, and you can either drive them or are they allowed to drive a route themselves? You need to be 18 or older. Okay, you need to be 18 single. or older to drive a route yourself, but you can get Bright Futures uh, hours for going with mom or dad on a route. Or other community service hours that you need for school for whatever yeah, project for juvenile court or whatever yeah whatever it is and we we have heard too where one parent will take six high school kids and we'll give each one the time oh, so wow. um, okay pack them in okay well that is good and important information too for families um so um 
if you I want to give you the opportunity to tell people once again how they can get involved, like the best way to uh, contact um, to set up an opportunity to volunteer. They can call us at our office at 813-238-8410, or they can go online to our website, which is MOW, Meals on Wheels, MOWTampa.org. And there is an opportunity to fill out a volunteer application there. Um, So MoTampa.org or our phone number. And there's a lot of information there. You have a really good FAQ page, I noticed, uh, with a lot of information that answers a lot of general questions. Okay, so before uh, we end the show, I want to give Becca the opportunity to tell me who is her favorite client, not by name, but what makes her favorite client her favorite? I mean, because she's listening, I have to say my grandmother. (laughs) Hey, Grandma. Uh, I hope you're enjoying the show. Um, She likes to call me and tell me uh, what the food, which one she likes and doesn't like. She's a little disappointed about the tuna not coming on Fridays, but we'll work on that. Um, But I did also deliver to another woman. I call her Miss Anna. She's from New York. She's down here, doesn't have a lot of family locally, and we've kind of adopted her. We take her grocery shopping. We change out her light bulbs. She calls me when she has her tea and wants to talk and gossip. She has a boyfriend in Canada. <laughs> it's kind of fun to listen to her tell stories about when they met at, at, as teenagers. Um, and it's just really nice when you get to know someone and build a relationship. So I call her my 85-year-old BFF. <laughs> That's great. Erica, do you have a favorite? I, there's a gentleman who I always enjoy delivering to him. He just has the best smile and he's always so cheerful every time I deliver and he just makes my day. Oh, that's great. And what about you, Cindy? You know, I have someone, I deliver a route in just a little bit north of Ebor, and there's a woman that I just adore. She waits for me on her porch and she told me that she has lived on that same street her entire life. She was born in the house across the street and she's now 97 years old. And her stories are amazing and she always has such a bright light about her. I look forward to seeing her every other Friday when I deliver. Okay, well, those are great references um, to give to our listeners um, to tell them about your favorite clients. I think there's nothing better than hearing from somebody who has had the experience of volunteering and and knows uh, you know not that it's not just great for the clients but it's great for you as well. So if you joined us late in the show, feel free to go back and listen on demand from the Midpoint Archives at wmnf.org/midpoint or go on the WMNF app or find us at WMNF Midpoint wherever you get your podcasts. I also want to thank our WMNF volunteers who always make this show go on, Jessica Green on the soundboard and Barbara Fling who answers our phones for us. And as always, I thank you, the WMNF listeners, for your interest and support of Midpoint. If you enjoyed this show, please consider dropping us a tip in the tip jar. And please direct your donation to MPW Midpoint Wednesday from the drop-down menu. Please stay tuned now for Talking Animals. I see Duncan Strauss is in the studio, and he's up next. We are WMNF Tampa. Yes, and we'd like to remind you that Support for WMNF comes from Family Support Services asking you to be an angel to a child in foster care this holiday season by sponsoring a child's Christmas wish list. More information is at beanangelsuncoast.org.
And we are out. Music.